This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. What's up, guys? In case you haven't heard, Blue Wire Studios just dropped their first original podcast, Golden Goal. The show gives you 10-minute episodes all about soccer legends and the moments that made them. Whether you're just learning about soccer for the first time or a diehard fan, this podcast is a great listen for everyone. The final two episodes are live right now or binge the entire season to learn about your favorite soccer stars. Check out Blue Wire's Golden Goal, available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, it's good old JR Jim Ross, the voice of AEW Wrestling. Yo, this is Flip Gordon. CVV Chris Van Fleet. This is Liam O'Rourke, author of Crazy Like a Fox. TCO, the French Canadian Frankenstein. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Top Rope Nation. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. We're going to have one hell of a podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. All right, quite the up and down week for professional wrestling. We're here with episode 159 of Top Rope Nation. My name's Ryan Drosty of cbscomicbook.com here with Justin Joint and Kyle Ross to break it all down for you. We're going to talk a little bit about what happened uh, this past weekend on pay-per-view, actually for two companies. We want to hit on both of those. Uh, But also, more importantly, talk about what happened on AEW Dynamite tonight as we record on Wednesday evening and Kyle Ross out there in Cleveland, Ohio. How's your night going? How's your week going? Well, long-time listeners of the show are going to like this one. The frogs are humping, man. (laughs) (laughs) The frogs are humping. Hopefully we don't pick that up on the mic, but (laughs) they are going to town, man. As as per usual, they're turning the koi pond into their personal Lake Minnetonka. (laughs) (laughs) You know, every single time, I have like a field behind my house, and every time I mow, I see frogs, and I always think of you. Every single time, anytime I see a frog now, you were just so associated with frogs to me because of that story from way back. Hey, what, man? I wish I could make my wife moan like that. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> oh, the extra special these, frogs. These frogs are having fun. It's unbelievable. It's, it's uh, kind of awkward. <laughs> uh, Justin Joint, how are you doing tonight? Uh, good. No, no wildlife humping in my area. <laughs> Nothing that exciting. No. Uh, well, guys, we were texting during the show tonight. And, uh, you know, 
WWE Extreme Rules this past weekend. Pretty divisive show. I'd say most people were pretty negative on it <laughs> from what I saw. Divisive. Well, we were just talking off air. There was one part of it that me and you didn't like that Justin wasn't as negative on. We'll get to that here in a little bit. But okay. so, so the divisiveness of it was was some people thought it kind of sucked versus some people thought it really sucked ass. I guess I guess that's fair. Okay. But I think tonight uh, we got a lot better professional wrestling. I tweeted out during the show, I need these Wednesday nights to remind me sometimes in this era why I love wrestling. And and Kyle, what did you text to me during the show? A lot of things, didn't I? What, what? Is there a specific text <laughs> you're trying to get me that this yes. show is giving me strength? That part, yes. Okay. Gives you strength. Why? Why did you say that? I mean, I think it was a pretty damn good edition of mm-hmm. AEW Dynamite, one of the best in quite some time, and they've had some really good shows over the last few weeks. What was the impetus for? Oh, I think it was when Cody got backdropped into the tax. Okay, is what the impetus for that was. Yeah, it was. Oh man, I just overall, I, the first hour was better than the second hour, but both hours were were pretty good. I thought. I just. I really enjoyed watching that show tonight. It's especially the first hour, starting off with the the Cody segment with Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston was awesome in that segment. Just the that promo he cut before the match. Justin, what did you think of that? Uh, I mean, that sold me on the match because, uh, to be completely honest, I am not very familiar with Eddie Kingston, uh, and that basically told me everything I needed to know. And it, you know, it made me want to watch the match and made me want to watch a no disqualification match. It was uh, perfectly executed. Yeah, Kyle. The match was great. No one's going to disagree with that. But you know what I think is the most interesting thing about the whole deal is there were a lot of people who kind of called this when they put it up on their social media, AEW, whenever they did it, they're like a top independent talent is going to challenge Cody. And Cody and Eddie Kingston had their back and forth. What was that? A couple weeks ago, maybe on Twitter. And so a lot of people were guessing it was Eddie Kingston and AEW gave us Eddie Kingston. And you're probably listening and saying, duh, Kyle, I watched the show. Hold on. I have a point here, everybody. That's very un-WWE like, isn't it? Where, you know, the internet starts really wanting something. And in the world of WWE, you're often denied it, right? They almost love trolling that portion of the audience. Well, here it is. AEW gave its fan base what it wanted. And lo and behold, everyone loved it. What an intriguing idea. (laughs) Imagine that. Hey, so for uh, anybody else who maybe is like me and has uh, kind of limited their social media, what was the back and forth with Cody and Kingston? So there was a what wasn't it was something about like Cody being this great talker. And somebody tweeted him, well, what about Eddie Kingston? Like or Eddie Kingston's one of the great somebody tweeted at Cody, I believe Eddie Kingston is one of the great talkers in this business. And then there was like kind of a back and forth where Kingston was clearly throwing his name in the hat to be a a challenger. And lo and behold, they pulled it off two weeks ago. And this is something we talked about last week, right? Where we'd love to see them bringing in people from outside the promotion to answer these challenges. I think it makes it more random. I think it makes it more fun. And this match just absolutely delivered. Felt like a fight, which I like. Yeah. And uh, it was fantastic from start to finish. Yeah. Um, my only tiny little small critique uh, means that the kind of the story, uh, the, the the commentators were telling 
about etching and clawing to get to this point and how badly he wanted this. And then you had him tap out to end it. Uh, I, I would have preferred to see a pinfall. But uh, like I said, just a small complaint for, uh, like Kyle said, a really nice, stiff, hardcore match. Yeah, he I also, I, I had to, oh, sorry, go ahead, Kyle. Well, I was saying he just did a, he did a great job selling the knee, Kingston, mm-hmm. and I think it's pretty clear he's going to get brought in. Yeah. Despite the loss. I have not watched the promo that AEW shared. I didn't have a chance because I was flipping back and forth, but I think they'd be crazy not to bring him in. Oh, yeah. I mean, this was, my social media was lighting up during that segment. I think they absolutely, they have to. And I I also was not very familiar with him. Like, I knew his name, but I haven't watched him too much, kind of like uh, Justin said, and that promo really sold me on it. I mean, I was I was ready to, <laughs> to sit in and watch that one, and it was a great way to start the show. Um, one of my buddies was uh, watching the show. He he usually watches NXT. I convinced him to watch AEW tonight, and he was texting me throughout that match. Man, he was hyped <laughs> watching that. I mean, I think it. I think if there was any chance my friend Joe was going to switch over to NXT. It ended after that first match tonight. He was hooked, you know, for the rest of the show. And that's that's what a first match should do. And really interesting. Talking about not being that familiar with Eddie Kingston. But let's go back to the tweets. Oh, this guy's a great talker. He kind of made the point, didn't he? Kingston came through. Everyone's saying this guy's a great talker. You got to bring him in. First promo, home run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, an awesome, awesome way to start the show, like we said. Um, but... You know, a lot of good stuff happened on this show. We had uh, that Young Bucks, Butcher, and the Blade tag team match that went no DQ all over the venue. I mean, it's it's not as good as what happened at Revolution, but my God, that match was right up there with some of the best tag team matches in the history of this promotion. I mean, at this point in time, I would say. And uh, maybe best Dynamite match. I mean, that was an excellent, excellent match, Kyle. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Are Butcher and the Blade good? <laughs> like you know they were kind of like this afterthought team right yeah in their first couple incarnations and here we are this is a very solid tag team mm-hmm. that and think about it to stand out in this tag team division it takes a lot oh yeah and and they're doing it they absolutely belonged it was a very fun kind of late 90s early aughts raw match i thought it took me back to you know, maybe people won't take this as a compliment, but the hardcore title match era, mm-hmm. it was a better match than, you know, Steve Blackman versus Big Boss Man or whatever. But it, it had those elements to it. It was a good TV match. If you turn it on, you're like, what's going on here? These guys are brawling all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see the ratings tomorrow. But I think if you started off the show <laughs> watching <laughs> Cody with Eddie Kingston and then you get this match afterwards. Like, I don't know how you're turning off AEW. They just started the show so hot and pretty much sustained it. Like I said, the second hour wasn't quite as good, but it was still a solid show throughout, I thought, Kyle. Promos. We need to talk about promos. Not just Eddie Kingston, but throughout that first 45 minutes of AEW, we had not just Kingston. We had MJF cut a great promo. Moxley cut a great promo. Taz cut a great promo. Mm-hmm. The bit with Jake Roberts and Lance Archer was really good. Yeah. Jericho's promo was good. That's the thing. We know about what AEW can do in the ring, right? That if it just wanted to be a work rate promotion, what its roster's capable of. But 
you could say the same for NXT. The key is promos and getting characters over. And a show like tonight just it rendered the NXT house style, you know, pretty sad, in my opinion. The physicality, the promos, you know, compared to Brazongo doing a freaking Mountie impression. Come on, man. <laughs> I mean the the long the long term storytelling as well, right? You know, like what they've been building now for months with Omega and Paige. You know, what they've been doing with FTR in relation to that. I mean, uh, MJF, the fact that they bring in, I think, you know, the win-loss records finally mattering in the last couple yes. of months. We talked about months ago how that was one of, that was supposed to be one of AEW's big signatures, and they really hadn't made much of it. But now they are bringing that in, and I think it's a good addition. I think it's it makes them unique to do that, and especially with the MJF situation tonight. You know, so yeah. did you think he was going to roll up, get rolled up and loose nah. when he was doing the bit, when he was saying, say I'm undefeated. I thought there was a chance and that helped the match. Yeah, he well, did a tremendous job in that. Just the, the fact that you think there's a chance he could lose absolutely makes it better because we could talk about extreme rules and the fact that we've got challengers for titles that we would never buy winning the title. Right. I mean, Drew McIntyre mm-hmm. and Dolph Ziggler. Maybe the best match on that show, but like nobody bought the fact that Dolph Ziggler would win. And so it kind of just takes you out of it. Right. So that, I think that's a good point. You brought up the storytelling with Paige and Omega. I thought it was a really nice touch tonight when the dark order surrounded the ring based off last week's show. I'm like, Oh, it'd be a really cool deal. If FTR came out to back up Paige and kind of drive a wedge between Omega. And that's exactly what they did. And then Omega comes out which was a nice uh, additional layer to the whole deal. And he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, what, what are you hanging out with these guys? And Paige accepts the beer from him. That was a really good deal too. Yeah. And the announcers mentioning that he was last out. He came out after FTR. They made a point mm-hmm. to mention that. Oh, maybe he was in the shower, you know? <laughs> so I thought that was nice. Just little touches like that to the storytelling really, really make a difference. So does it matter who turns heel page or Omega? Let's go around the horn with that one. I think it's got to be Omega. I, I think it'd be more interesting to see Omega. And I think Paige, uh, which is kind of weird to say, considering, you know, how popular Omega is. I think he's just, I think he's a little bit more over as a baby face with the crowd. Well, well before. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. No, I think he's a good still point. being built up though. That's a good point because it does it makes it kind of hard to say because we haven't had those crowds, but when we last did, Paige was just getting unbelievable responses. So because of that, I'm more likely to say, and we talked about this I think last week that probably it should be Omega going heel, um, but they could go either way. I mean, Kenny Omega has a huge fan base either way, but uh, I think if you look back at what Kenny Omega did as a heel in New Japan. He can be really good in that role, and I think Hangman Page is just yeah he's he's on fire right now and has been for a long time. So I would stick with Page being the uh, the face. What do you think, Kyle? People may not want to hear this, but they need to hear it. If AEW's goal is to grow their audience, and it certainly should be the goal to grow their audience, I believe Hangman Page, his personality is certainly one that is more attractive to the casual fan than Kenny Omega as both characters are presently constructed. Mm-hmm. I, I would mean, agree. Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega, if you're someone who is not familiar with his work in New Japan, and you're just watching AW. 
it's not readily apparent exactly who he is or what his character is supposed to be. He's supposed to be like a good worker, right? That's all he kind of is right now. Yeah. You know, tip of the cap. I mean, the guy's got a, a tremendous catalog of work over, you know, in Japan. But, you know, it's not readily obvious if you're not familiar with it. Whereas Hangman Page, this guy's kind of a badass, likes to drink. That's something people can get behind. Yeah. That stuff. But don't tell people to go watch something else. <laughs> Let it come through the screen. Yeah. They're watching you right now. Right. So they have a stacked show announced for next week. We've got, uh, let's see, Sheeta defending the AEW women's title against Diamante. We've got uh, the best friends, Orange Cassidy and Jurassic Express, taking on the inner circle, which uh, we had Sammy Guevara come back in the main event tonight. He that was, was very obvious. Yeah. That it, was, um, <laughs> it was pretty it obvious. Was he was wearing a mask, unmasked but, at the very end. Somebody had tweeted earlier today that his 30-day suspension was up, so that also kind of gave it away. <laughs> yeah. For uh, me, in the back of my mind, I'm like, that's obviously Sammy. <laughs> we got uh, Omega and Page defending the tag titles against Evil Uno and Grayson of Dark Order. We've got Darby Allen and Moxley tagging against Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. Tornado tag match, I should mention. And then we also got Cody doing the uh, the mystery opponent open challenge again. So we'll probably have something exciting next week, especially with... The WWE guys that got released, not under contract anymore, and, uh, you know, available to appear on TV. So we shall see. But uh, you look at that card next week. I'm already pumped to watch AEW Dynamite next week. Kyle? I want to circle back something to something you said about five minutes ago, Ryan. You talked about how AEW has built build stuff over the course of weeks and months. Well, something else they're doing, you know, they're, they only have four pay-per-views a year, right? They do special TV shows like Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen, but they're kind of doing these mini feuds. You don't want to call them placeholder feuds because I don't think that gives them the proper respect here on TV. Because All Out, we're still, what, a month and a half away Yeah, from that? And, you know, we're seeing stuff like Orange Cassidy and Jericho, right? You can wrap that up on TV, and then all your matches for All Out, theoretically— could be really fresh and hot programs. You know, you're going to peak them at the right time because mm-hmm. you don't want them to be peaking in early August and you still got a month to go to your pay-per-view. So it remains to be seen what they've got planned for All Out, obviously. But, uh, yeah, they're just doing a pretty bang-up job. And, you know, I hate to be the guy who says I told you so. Two weeks ago, they did that NXT. By the way, they had a show tonight, too. <laughs> does Keith Lee Adam Cole and More we're like okay that's yeah. fine they they built to that over two weeks they won the overall rating but the three of us were all saying well what do they come up with next mm-hmm. and the last two weeks have simply not answered that question their big announcement was a series of triple threat matches to lead to a ladder match at takeover for the North American title eh, okay it's a very <laughs> WWE thing to do quite yeah. frankly you know contenders matches a ladder match North American title started with a great ladder match but i don't know it seems just a little more formulaic and unexciting yeah before we go any further guys a couple housekeeping items we do want to mention we are members as you heard at the beginning of the show of the blue wire podcasting network we are also brought to you by our friends over at bet online and manscaped more about those two here in just a little bit but uh, if, if you're into podcasts, if you like sports podcasts, if you like movie podcasts, entertainment podcasts, check out BlueWirePods.com. They have the show for you. 
uh, debuting very soon. We've got a new uh, show from legendary NFL tight end Greg Olson debuting on the Blue Wire Network. Personally, really looking forward to that one. As a Bears fan, I still am angry that they traded Greg Olson several years ago. Awful, awful trade, but it's really cool to have him as a member of the Blue Wire Podcasting Network, so you can look forward to that, (laughs) Kyle. It's nice that the Bears have about 17 tight ends on their roster now, right? (laughs) Could have used Greg Olson for many, many years on on that squad. But uh, yeah, like I said, if if you are into podcasts and you like Top Rope Nation, definitely check out the whole rest of the crew over at BlueWirePods.com. And of course, while you're at it, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a written review. Leave us the five-star rating. We, we announced this weeks ago. When we get to 100 ratings on Apple, we'll give away Top Rope Nation prize pack on the air. It'll be very, very easy to enter and maybe even easy to win, but we got to get to 100 star ratings on Apple Podcasts to do that. So if you've got an iPhone, very, very simple. Open the podcast app, search Top Rope Nation, scroll to the bottom, and hit the fifth star. That's it. And if you want to leave us a written review, we'll read it on the air. If you do that, leave us your Twitter name or Instagram username so we can get a hold of you, and we will send you a free Top Rope Nation sticker in the mail. We're also available on all the other podcasting services, of course, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and of course, TopRopeNation.com. And probably the best way to support Top Rope Nation is to head on over to patreon.com slash Nation. While you're there, read the details. For just $5, you can get access to all of our bonus content, a free gift in the mail, including a free Top Rope Nation t-shirt. Yes, we're giving away t-shirts for just 5 bucks if you sign up, patreon.com slash Nation, And that deal ends at the end of July. So you want to make sure to get in on that. Before the month is out. So with that said, fellas, Kyle, you were talking about NXT and the announcement about Keith Lee and the North American title. I didn't see any of NXT tonight. I'm going to go back tomorrow and, and kind of browse through what happened. Kyle, did you th- did you see anything else on NXT tonight that's worth mentioning? Only Lorcan and Tim Thatcher wrestled again. That was really the only thing that interested me. And Bronson Reed got a surprise win in a triple threat. Okay. I mean, like I said, dude, I mean, they opened with a with Dexter Loomis and then Brazongo doing a Jacques Rougeau impression from 30 years ago. <laughs> Sounds very bad. <laughs> Sounds like it's I mean, going to be not take very long for me to browse through that show tomorrow. Who, who do you think is going to win the demo? <laughs> yeah, this week. I, it, it almost felt like NXT this week was just a fuck it, throw in the towel kind of week for them. I, I mean, that's your best effort. I mean, they brought out all the guns for, you know, a couple of weeks ago. But since then, yeah. It was almost just kind of one gun, though. It was just the big well, gun. Well, the, the main of it, yeah. Yeah. They, it, it's carried under the viewership win. But uh, the demo god, Chris Jericho, reigns supreme, I guess. Again, I, mean, I guess. Th- th- there's stuff on I want to go back to AEW because, you know, you talked about the tornado tag they set up for next week. I really love that segment. You know, I mentioned Taz's promo earlier, but Darby Allen shows up to confront Brian Cage and Ricky Stark showed up. That was good. Britt Baker. Mm-hmm. I thought that uh, thing was incredible when she just looks at Tony and she's like, Tony, you're being an asshole. Yeah. Which Shivani <laughs> corrected her on Michael Jordan. Yeah. The so, wizard I mean, thing. Yeah. There were like 10 things on AEW tonight better than the best thing on NXT. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I just cannot gush about that show enough. Yeah, it was great. Really, really good stuff. So if you guys, if you missed it, definitely check it out. Um, before we go any further, I mentioned a minute ago that uh, we are presented by Bet Online and Manscaped, a brand new sponsor of Top Rope Nation. So let's go to a word from our sponsors. All right, guys, I'm, I have some good news for you. My employment is back. Do you know what else is coming back? Sports. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. On the entertainment side, Floyd Money Mayweather joins the Bet Online team to bring you a brand new segment, The Ice is Right. Floyd talks about all his jewelry and gives you the chance to bet on the cost of his bling to win some great prizes. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. And Ryan and Justin, I'll add this little tidbit in. As you know, I am in the sports betting universe. That is my job. Looking for an under-the-radar baseball team, although I don't think they're so under-the-radar anymore if you're reading the previews. Cincinnati Reds. I know you may not want to hear it as a fan of the NL Central, Ryan Drosty, but this team is built for a 60-game sprint. A uh, little tip from yours truly, bet the Reds to win the NL Central this year. I've seen a lot of hype about the Reds. I, I really have. Especially, I, I noticed on 538's predictions, they are pretty high on them too. So, yeah, there's a lot of hype coming on, on, on your boys from Cincinnati. Your boys to the south, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> and with that said, let's go to a word from Let's our... get nasty in the natty. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to a word from our other new sponsors, Manscaped. Support for Top Rope Nation is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Men, listen up. Have you ever gone to do a little body hair grooming, but instead of walking away looking freshly cut and ready for whatever or whomever life throws at you, you slice yourself with a blade and come away looking like Ric Flair's forehead in the 1980s? No longer. That's right. You need to check out the newest partner of Top Rope Nation, Manscaped. Guys, this isn't some BS ad read where I'm just reading a script and moving on to whatever Kyle and Justin have next on the agenda. No, this is actually legit. I am holding the product in my hands right now as I'm telling you about the great product from Manscaped. The fine folks over there were nice enough to send us the Perfect Package 3.0 set to try out the product ourselves. And I got to say, you owe it to yourself to pick up this product. Listen to this. Their new body hair trimmer, perfectly named the Lawnmower 3.0, is absolutely insane. That's what I'm holding right now. Here, just give it a listen. That is 7,000 RPMs with quiet stroke technology. This blade is insane. It's super smooth. It's safe. The Manscaped engineering team just spent 18 months 
designing this electric trimmer. It's water resistant and can be used in the shower. It has an LED light for more precise trimming. And maybe most importantly, so that you don't end up getting color like a 1980s wrestler, it features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. I assure you, everything about this trimmer is smooth. Like I said, I've been enjoying the Perfect Package 3.0 set, which comes with this electric trimmer here, a sweet leather bag for the trimmer, and a whole lot of other goodies for a great price. It's truly a must-have. Everything you'll ever need for male grooming again is right here. No more using the same razor for your face and your nether regions. My God, who wants to do that, guys? This is the 21st century. Maybe you're looking for something different. That's fine. They have all kinds of other products as well. Check out their shaving mats, foot deodorant, cologne, nail grooming kits, nose hair trimmers, and even breath mints. And here we go. We've got a great deal for you as a listener of Top Rope Nation. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TOPROPENATION. All one word, no spaces, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code TOPROPENATION. Guys, you owe this to yourselves. Check it out. Let's hit on Extreme Rules. I know it's been a few days. We didn't do the post show. (laughs) We're not going to break down every match or anything like that. So please keep listening. Not the greatest pay-per-view offering from uh, the World Wrestling Federation, Kyle. Uh, Man. I'm glad we didn't do a post show because it would have that might have been like a 90 minute bitch fest if we had done a post show on that one. If we had all watched it live, because I don't know, I all I saw was negativity. I actually didn't see the show until let's see, I guess it was Tuesday morning. I could have watched it Monday and I was like, oh, man, I don't know if I actually want to watch this. And then I thought I need to watch it. I need to be able to objectively give my opinion on this. So I did watch it Tuesday morning and was very unimpressed. Uh, Like I said earlier, Dolph and uh, Drew McIntyre had a very good match. I thought the tag team match was good, you know, the tag title match. But, uh, and the women's match was good until that goofy finish. But overall, I just cannot give that show a thumbs up. Uh, (laughs) Kyle, you were very outspoken about... Couldn't give it a thumbs in the middle if you paid me. (laughs) Before I go to Kyle, though. Justin, you actually were a little more positive on some things on this show. So let me throw it to you first. What what are your opinions on uh, Extreme Rules? Or I should say the horror show at Extreme Rules. Well, the thing is, is that, uh, you know, I think one of the reasons we didn't do an after show on it is because uh, you and me couldn't watch it live. Yep. Um, and frankly, with all the feedback it was getting, I couldn't go back to it except the one thing that I was curious about, and that was the schwamp fight uh look i i'm not gonna say it was good but i guess going into it with everybody crapping on it it wasn't near as bad as i was expecting uh if i had been a producer or editor on it i definitely would have had some notes uh and it's still that thing of i don't think wwe knows how seriously or how maybe satire they need to be taking this kind of stuff. Um, it was just kind of really up and down in that way. But I, you know what? I found it entertaining. There was at no point that I wanted to, to turn it off. It, uh, 
I mean, <laughs> here's, here's what I'll say about entertaining. So I don't know how many people listening are gamers, but uh, I've been I've been playing through Red Dead Redemption two off and on for the last several months. And uh, in that game, there's a mission where you go through a swamp and you're hunting a like huge gator, an enormous gator. And uh, what I'll say is that that mission on the game was far more entertaining than what I saw at Extreme Rules. Kyle. Look, man, I don't play many video games. All I can tell you is Brave Wyatt fucking reeks. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, this guy is killing this promotion. Obviously, the key decision makers have to sign off on all this. And I don't know who you know has the most overarching input. But it ain't it, man. I mean, <sighs> Justin made a very good point about the WWE need to be more self-aware when they do these cinematic matches. So the Boneyard match, let's go back to it, right? The Boneyard match I thought was pretty self-aware. It was essentially in the same vein as like a cheesy 1980s action movie, right? What did they say about 1980s action movies back in the day? Yeah, it wasn't good, but it's entertaining. You know, it's fun to watch, right? What else could you say that about? Pro wrestling. Pro wrestling, yes. Okay. So the problem with every subsequent cinematic match is they've played it serious. Like they think they're competing with these television shows, you know, like actual dramas with good acting. And I'm sorry, wrestling fans, the WWE is going to come up short in that regard, every single time. I mean, a hundred times out of a hundred. And I'm watching this thing. I'm like, if somebody comes in the room right now, I, I might just jump out the window <laughs> rather than be caught watching this hot horse shit. It was awful. It was, and <laughs> Todd Martin of The Torch, I thought, had a great overall take on that show the horror show at Extreme Rules. He's like, I've never seen a show where the wrestlers worked harder, yet it was such an easy thumbs down. Mm. And we've talked about this, I think, with the Backlash show. The creative is putting these performers in such unenviable positions. You know, like Seth and Ray. The body of that match was not bad. But the premise of it and the ridiculous finish oh. are just dog shit. So who cares if they are kind of working in, uh, if the body of the match is good? Both mm. ends of the bun taste like crap. <laughs> the meat might be good, but the bun suck. So <laughs> hit the bricks. I, to be honest with you, the finish of Asuka and Sasha may not have even been in the top five things I hated on that show. Because it, while we're taught that finishes like that suck, at least they were building for subsequent weeks of television. Maybe that's not for everyone. I can at least deal with that. But the premises of some of these matches, the swamp fight, the eye for an eye, I go into it, I'm like, I don't care. I don't like this. And there's nothing these performers can do that can overcome it. Because they're so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Justin, what was your reaction when, uh, during the middle of the swamp fight, all of a sudden Bray started seeing the image of Alexa Bliss? See, I liked that part. I thought it was really cool. <laughs> That's oh. where it went off the edge for me. I was like, oh my 
God, they're okay. not going to do this. They're playing into some history. I, oh, yeah, yeah, I but, guess. But, but, but. Okay, okay. The, the, I'm glad this was brought up. Let's talk about that history they're playing up. What history is that? If you're someone who, and I again, I know this is a dwindling number of fans, but if you're someone who only has a cursory following of WWE or you only watch the major shows, that's not a storyline that has really been pushed on the major shows. That was something done mostly on mixed match channels, yeah, which was right. available on Facebook. And for the and here's the kicker: it was a good storyline people were into, but it wasn't something heavily pushed. And so, if you didn't watch Mixed Match Challenge, you're probably sitting here. You're probably this is you're already thinking this swamp match is dumb, and you're like, what the fuck is this Alexa Bliss thing? Yeah, I mean, you re- you would really have to be a hardcore fan to get that. I guess social media. I think they did a ride along episode on the network too around that time, but n- it wasn't featured prominently on the major shows. And you you contrast that with something we talked about on uh, last week, the build for Dolph and Drew McIntyre, where that was put in a you know a big money spot on Raw less than two years ago that they were this tag team that split up. They had three raw matches in December of 2018, including a cage match on new year's Eve that, you know, blew off the feud. And then all of a sudden drew Mac or uh, Dolph Ziggler shows up and drew McIntyre at first is like happy to see him, which made no sense at all. And so that was something that, you know, the more uh, non-hardcore audience, if they were watching then, should remember and think, wait, that doesn't make any sense. So they're calling back to this history that a lot of people probably maybe don't remember, the more you know, casual fans, but then the stuff that the casual fans would remember, they kind of went in the wrong direction, I thought. They're basically pretending it didn't happen. Yeah, and by the way, blow off the tag team. a note about that, I interviewed Dolph Ziggler last uh, Thursday, I think it was, or Friday, for comicbook.com, and I brought up those matches he had in December of 18 with Drew McIntyre, and he only remembered that they had wrestled once that month, the cage match. He didn't remember the other two matches, <laughs> so make make of that what you will. But yeah, three matches in four weeks in December of 2018 on Raw. That was the one match from start to finish that I actually liked on the pay-per-view. And you know, keep in mind, I've been very critical of Dolph Ziggler. You guys know that. Any long-time listener of the show knows that. But it was very self-aware, at least for a night, in the sense that Dolph would knew he was overmatched as a heel. He played it that way. He came up with a storyline that was kind of like the only way you could possibly believe he might win. Now, you said earlier, no one really bought he was going to win, but whatever. I mean, at least they tried. And it was worked in a very specific way where you knew Dolph didn't have much of a chance unless if he just cheated or, you know, had some sort of heel advantage. I liked the way the match was even worked. So um, I gave that match a thumbs up, but the rest of the show, there were parts I would like, you know, I liked the start of the Nikki cross Bailey match, for instance, but overall, I mean, that show was just hitting that they were behind the eight ball from the start and uh, you can't overcome it. Yeah. Um, shout out that stipulation in the Dolph Drew match. I thought that was really smart. Oh, that he he was the only one that could break the rules, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He told me in that interview it was something that had never been done before, which got my wheels turning a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, if you have the chance to make the stipulation, that definitely makes sense. Um, you know, when we when we talked about the show, when we did our picks last Thursday for the pay per view. I never 
in a million years probably would have thought that I would be saying this. And in fact, I didn't think I was going to spend Saturday night watching an Impact Wrestling pay-per-view. But as luck would have it, I did. I had some time. Uh, Comic Book needed us to write some articles. And I got to say, Impact Wrestling is a super media-friendly organization. So I had access to watch the show. And I watched it. I I doubt either of you saw it. Did either of you see Slammiversary or any of it? I've seen I've seen several matches. Yes, oh, I've not okay. watched the entire pay per view. Yeah, I went back. So it was I thought a really good show. And if you look at Slammiversary versus Extreme Rules, I'm picking Slammiversary every single time. To be honest with you, uh, oh yeah, there was a lot to like on that show. I think. I think going in, people obviously were interested in it because of the WWE releases and who was going to show up and stuff. I mean, Slammiversary was trending number one on Twitter in the United States that night. I don't remember that ever happening. And they start the show with the Motor City Machine Guns reuniting. And to be honest with you, the last time I watched Impact with any regularity was probably when they were tag teaming over a decade ago. So to see those guys come out at the start of the show, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin, Really cool, and that was an awesome match with the Rascals. I thought. Did you see that one, Kyle? I saw only clips of that one. It was a, it was a really so, good way to start, and now the Machine Guns, uh, I believe, on Tuesday night won the tag titles. Yes, they so, did. They did. So they they're back in a big way. Um, the Moose and Tommy Dreamer match it was okay. It wasn't great or anything, but I was really happy to see Kylie Ray win the uh, Gauntlet match for the Impact uh, Number One Contendership. And Kylie Ray's awesome. We know that she was in AEW, left. There was some controversy over what happened there. We still don't really know. I don't think the full story there. But she she was out, but she's back with Impact, and she's a super talented performer. So I was happy to see her win there. That uh, that Chris Bay-Willie Mack match for the Impact uh, X title, another really good match I enjoyed. I mean, it was, it was a match that had... Uh, the high spots, I guess, like the gifts. I think I tweeted out a gift during the match. It had some really cool, unique moves that you're not used to seeing. Uh, the North are a good, uh, good act as a tag team. Ethan Page and Josh Alexander. Uh, they were in there with Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan. It wasn't that great of a match, but you know, it set up the match on Impact, which got a t- uh, on Tuesday night, which got a ton of time with the Motor City Machine Guns. I still have to watch that one, but that was the title change. And uh, from what I heard, that was a pretty good match. Uh, we had Deanna Perrazzo winning the Impact Women's title yeah. from Jordan Grace. That was a very good match. Maybe the that best match of the, the show. show. That's, yeah. If you're going to watch one match on the show, and it should be that one. Yeah, that was a really good match. And Deanna Perrazzo is awesome. It's really good to see her in Impact and getting that time to shine, I think. And then, you know, even the main event, the five-way, where you had Rich Swan and Eric Young as a surprise entrance. It was a good match. Eddie Edwards winning. I I don't know if I would have went with him winning, but uh, I mean it was it was a fun match overall. And then uh, you know we we got the return of of the Good Brothers on this show. They were on the show on Tuesday night. Uh, we now know that uh, Brian Myers, formerly Kurt Hawkins, who, he's also an Impact. We have Heath Slater now an Impact as well. So I think and EC3 of course. So. Impact's doing good things, too. They're not on the level of AEW or WWE, of course, but as far as this last weekend goes, they had the better pay-per-view versus WWE, I think. So it's worth checking out if you didn't see it. I got three or four things to talk about Impact. One, I absolutely love Twitter's fascination with how much EC3 looks like Kurgan. (laughs) Have you seen those pictures? I have been crying with that stuff. So that's good. 
Deanna Perrazzo is someone that WWE slash NXT completely missed the boat on. Oh, yeah. You know, her and Chelsea Green wanted to be a force in the tag division. And for whatever reason, there was just no interest from the promotion. I don't understand that at all, quite frankly. So I know a lot of people want Deanna Perrazzo to go to AEW eventually. They could use her talents, certainly. Um, she, I think she even like referenced in an interview. She's kind of using this time in Impact maybe as a springboard to AEW. But you know, let's keep if you've got a chance to shine in a smaller promotion, that can help you long term. So mm-hmm. she's in a good spot right now. Um, as far as Impact and where we go forward, <laughs> we've kind of heard this song and dance before. Oh, they put on a good show. Oh, they've got some momentum. And what happens every damn time? <laughs> they never capitalize. Yeah, I now, mean... They... I, I was just reading an old Observer uh, from 2012. Ironically, it was Slammiversary. It was a very well-regarded show. And Meltzer's like, oh, this was a really good show. And, you know, I think he said it was better than whatever the recent WWE show he had just watched. And then a few months later, he was like, yeah, Impact's kind of in the toilet again. So they've yeah. got to kind of follow up on this. You know, they, they had the one show. Can they follow up? That's always been the problem for this promotion over the last 15 years. They can't sustain momentum. So hopefully they can. Because, I look, I want as many successful promotions as possible out there. That benefits us as fans. Yeah. I will say that building to that Deanna Perrazzo Kylie Ray match, that's one to really look forward to. And a yes. lot of new faces in from WWE, people that maybe were never capitalized to the level that they should be. There's there's stuff to look forward to there as well. And I also say that I haven't been watching it just because of the sheer amount of content that's out there, but their their weekly television show has been getting high marks for quite a long time. I mean, months and months in a row. So, you know, probably worth checking out as well. So I definitely wanted to mention Slammiversary on the show. Yeah. And there's one last point we got to make about Impact. You talked about the Good Brothers showing up. Imagine thinking Paul Heyman is responsible for you leaving WWE. <laughs> Very Come doubtful. On, man. Look, <laughs> we, compared to other podcasts and places that report the news, we're pretty critical, I think, of Paul Heyman and his departure from the lead uh, writer position of Raw. But we're objective on this show, folks. And if you think Paul Heyman can make some sort of unilateral call to get you 86th, just come on, man. <laughs> like, do you think, like, Vince, like, the idea that they went to Vince, and Vince is like, well, that was a Paul call. And Vince couldn't have stopped it if he really saw anything in him. Not in a million I mean, years. I mean, Vince <laughs> threw Paul under the bus and backed it up and rolled over him yeah. with that. I mean, and I saw a lot of people tweeting. This reminded them of when, you know, kind of a generation ago or early aughts, whatever, where a disgruntled talent would, you know, get their walking papers from WWE and they'd have a lot of bad stuff to say about Jim Ross or John Laurinaitis. Mm-hmm. When who is the final decision maker? We talked about this last week. Talking about the current state of WWE creative, it's not even fair to make it a Paul versus Bruce thing because who's the one constant? It's Vince McMahon. So I I was kind of very disappointed to hear some of the comments um, from not only the Good Brothers, but AJ Styles. I mean, AJ may have some other issues with Paul Heyman that's been talked about, 
But I mean, the idea that Paul Heyman, you know, just railroaded these guys out of the company and Vince McMahon was powerless to stop it is just silliness, in my opinion. Yeah. So to close out the show, we've been doing these mail mailbag segments on the broadcast. And uh, like I said on Monday, which was a complete mailbag show, if you guys haven't listened to it yet, ton of fun. We, all three of us, we hit on a lot of different topics, a wide range of topics, old, new, and pro wrestling. Check it out, Monday show. We are going to do a mailbag segment again tonight. I've got one really good question to throw around the horn. But uh, if you want to get in on this, all you got to do is send a question to topropenation at gmail.com. If we read your question on the air, we'll send you a free Top Rope Nation sticker in the mail. I've sent out quite a few already, especially after Monday's show where we went through a lot of different questions. And uh, I will be sending one out to our friend Aaron from Rochester, Minnesota this week who wrote into the show. We're going to read this one on the air. He writes, guys, what is your greatest wrestling regret uh maybe a purchase you didn't make a live event you passed up for me my wife and i were in chicago for a minnesota gophers football game versus northwestern last year that night was nxt war games i talked myself out of going even after my wife had agreed to go i figured watching a cage match with two rings would be better not to watch in person still kick myself about that and like i said that's from aaron from Rochester, Minnesota. Um, I have one I'm, I for sure will mention. I talked about this on Twitter the other day. Um, Kyle, do you have uh, a greatest wrestling regret that you can think of? This is a really good question, I thought. Yeah, and I'm kind of upset that I didn't think about it more until right now. Uh, one came to mind, so this is what I'm going to go with because it'll be pretty hard to top. Watching the horror to... show at Extreme Rules. Okay, that is certainly <laughs> high up there. I should have thought yes. that. I was very angry. I tweeted you guys. I was I was like, I'm actually angry that I spent three hours watching yeah. the show. But anyway, I could top it. Uh, I was supposed to go to ECW Heat Wave 1998, which was in Dayton. Dayton, the hot, was a regular stop for ECW. So was Cleveland for that matter. But uh, I did not go. My buddy bought tickets and my friend Chad's listening to the show. He'll remind me how this all went down. But I just remember he used his mom's credit card to buy the tickets. We obviously were still in high school at this point. And his mom, like, found out and, like, took the tickets or something. And I have no unearthly idea why I didn't just offer to give money to his mom and say, hey, man, maybe you're pissed at your son, but I'm still fucking gone. <laughs> Yeah. You know, yeah. here's some bones, man. Here's some money. <laughs> so I don't know why I didn't do that, but I did not go to ECW Heat Wave 1998, and that is probably their best pay-per-view ever, and that has always bothered me. Mm -hmm. What do you got, Justin? Uh, it would be us <laughs> picking Ring of Honor <laughs> in New Orleans over uh, NXT TakeOver Look in at New Kyle Orleans. Gloten. You know who was at that NXT TakeOver show? <laughs> Dude. Speaking of my buddy Chad, he was the only one who would listen to me. I, you guys know I went with a big group that year. We had like a big house. None of the guys, they went to Ring of Honor too. I was like, Dude, this NXT show is going to be it, man. I mean, this is a show to go to. And no one wanted to listen to me. So me and my buddy Chad were the only um, ones who did it. I in another, It's like I never really had the opportunity, and I don't even know if I could have afforded it. But I really wish that, uh, you know, that maybe 
you and or Ryan and I are. I wish I could have figured out a way to go to WrestleMania 30. That's that's one I feel like I missed out on. Yeah, that would yeah. It's New Orleans. I mean, the Daniel Bryan moment. Yeah, that would have yeah. been great. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that we, we talked about this on the show before, but at 34 weekend ROH and NXT Takeover, I think Kyle, you you had planned to go for a while. And Justin and I, we made the decision to go at the last minute. I mean, it was like a month mm-hmm. and a half, maybe a month before the show. And TakeOver was long sold out. And the tickets were really high on StubHub. There was still face value tickets for Ring of Honor. And people were really high on the the Kenny Cody match that happened at that show. And it had a good card, too. It was still a good show. It was just way too oh, long. Yeah. We didn't even get to go to Bourbon Street that night. That show went so long. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, Takeover was definitely the better show. So that, yeah, that is a uh, that's a good one. Mine is um, not going to Money in the Bank 2011, which just had its nine year anniversary this past week. That is uh, that that's really high for me because I mean it's one of the best matches of the last ten years in WWE. I think that storyline with CM Punk and him whether he was going to resign with WWE or not is what brought a lot of people back to WWE, you know, the whole, the whole pipe bomb promo and everything. And that weekend I was really considering going because, uh, my wife and I, my now wife was my fiance at the time. And we were living together in an apartment and she was out of town that weekend at a bachelorette party. And I remember thinking like I had nothing going on. Uh, I had a friend that was maybe considering going and I looked up tickets on StubHub, and they weren't that expensive. And Chicago's a pretty easy drive from where Justin and I live. I mean, it's a, Rosemont in particular is about four hours exactly, maybe a little less. And I thought about going, and I didn't pull the trigger. I did end up watching the pay-per-view, and I really regretted not going to that show. Daniel Bryan went in the ladder match for the, for the Money in the Bank briefcase. And then, of course, that main event was spectacular. So that easily ranks at the top for me. But uh, that's that's the one that really comes to mind. I There's some other stuff back in the day. I remember was, there was a friend of mine that we were thinking about going to SummerSlam 99 in Minneapolis. And, like, his dad was going to get tickets for us. And then his dad, like, forgot so we didn't get to go. And I was like, I should have just bought the tickets myself so we could have gone. You know, it sold out, out instantly. experience. Yeah. We were going to go to that. And it didn't happen. You know, whatever. But easily Money in the Bank 2011 for me is my big regret. It's funny you bring up CM Punk. Did you guys see some of the tweets he sent out actually around the inter- it was the day of the anniversary? Uh I saw that he had like a thanks out to John Cena at one point. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. I think he has some sort of deal in place at this time next year with WWE, whether mm. it's a video game or something. Because with that Fox show going under, you know, I don't know what his financial situation is. But there was a very different tone in those tweets. And we love we know how WWE loves to lean into nostalgia. I mean, at this point, what's the last piece of nostalgia they need they haven't brought back? Yeah. It's CM Punk and the match. It's gonna be it's gonna be a 10 year anniversary next year. And I'm telling you, there's gonna be something they do with him for that. I gotta say, I was really bummed when uh that WWE backstage show got canned. I really liked that show. I didn't, I'm not going to say I tuned in every week, but when I did tune in, it was, it was a fun watch. So, and, uh-huh. you know, and you had the punk on there once in a while, every few weeks to give you a reason to watch, but, uh, unfortunate, I think plus Renee young was great on that show too. So, 
I feel bad for her because I feel like she gets these opportunities ripped away from her. And it's not because she does a bad job. Yeah. Punk, I thought, was kind of so-so. I thought he – it was scratch the surface easy criticism he was doing. I would have liked to see more biting criticism from him. I thought he got better as it went on. I think early on it was obvious watching he wasn't really watching the product. Yeah. Uh, but as it went on, like he seemed to get a better grasp of what was going on and stuff. And I thought he was great on the interview with Bret Hart that they did, one of the last shows. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, unfortunate. On a more positive note, I did want to say that next week, Kyle, is the four-year anniversary of the start of Top Rope Nation. So, uh, Justin, you joined the show in January of 2017, I believe. But, Kyle, you've been there since episode two. So we, maybe we should schedule an on-air celebration. Four years. Can you believe that? <laughs> you can't believe it, ju- judging by the look on your face right now. <laughs> Hard to believe. Off air, I'll remind you of something. <laughs> Hard to believe it's been that long. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, we'll talk more about that next week. We'll be celebrating four years. So, with that said, I guess all I, all is left to say is follow the show on Twitter, at Top Rope Nation. Tell a friend. Help us get the word out on the show. Every time you guys go out and you tell someone about Top Rope Nation, adds to the awareness of the show, gets us a new listener. Usually they stick around, I think. So uh, if you enjoy the show and, and what we're doing, tell someone that you know that likes pro wrestling. And, uh, of course, if you want to be part of our mailbag segment, topropenation at gmail.com, do that. And leave us a review, a written review on Apple. We'll read it on the air and get you a, a free sticker out in the mail. You can follow the show, uh, like I said, at Top Rope Nation. You can get me at Ryan Drosty. And, Kyle, where can the listeners follow you? At TRP Kyle. And uh, Justin Joint. Uh, at Justin Joint. <laughs> I can't usually see you on air when you do that bit, but uh, yes, there we go. We're using the cameras this week on on Skype, and uh, we're on Instagram as well, at Top Rope Nation, on Facebook as well. I think it's facebook.com slash Top Rope Nation pod. So we'll be back with you next week. Thanks for tuning in to episode 159 of Top Rope Nation. I hope you guys have a great weekend. We'll see you next time. Peace.